All right. Hey, everyone. It's Sam Shaw, founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I'm here today with another client interview for you guys. Um, today, I am excited to have Samarlene on with us um, to just talk to you guys about how the recruiting process just went for her. She actually has, um, she was in, I feel like, a pretty unique situation, but uh, everything worked out great for her in the end. And uh, just want to get her to come on here and share uh, some some of her experiences and any advice that she might have with you guys. So, uh, so Marlene, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, absolutely. And as some brief background, I am a finance major, management information systems minor, and a senior at ET Austin. Um, I had two summers of investment banking experience and uh, ended up losing that, that full-time offer through the COVID um, situation and was having some difficulty recruiting, which is why I reached out to Wall Street last year. Got it. Got it. So talk to us about that. So you did a summer internship, both your sophomore and junior summer in banking, actually. Is that right? Yeah. Got it. And where did you do your summer internships at for those two summers? Both summers at Truist Securities, the new entity between Centrist, Robinson, Humphrey, and BB&T. Got it. Okay. And then basically your junior summer happened during the summer of 2020 which was when COVID was, was going on and all sorts of weird things happened. And so what happened there, just like Truist, just basically cut back significantly on the number of return offers they gave to people or what was the situation? Right. I think um, firstly, they were just having layoffs around, around the entire bank, but also the fact that they were going through the merger impacts and the consolidation during the, the COVID impacts um, just kind of heightened the overall effect of everything. So um, it was definitely justified, but a surprise for sure. Yeah. I mean, that must have been gut-wrenching for you because you didn't only work there for one summer, but you worked there for two summers and you probably, which probably, which tells me you probably liked it there quite a bit and you were probably looking forward to going back and then kind of having the rug pulled out from under you, so to speak. Um, that must have not been fun, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, definitely not fun. But I think because I had the same internship for two summers, I've never been pushed the way that I was now, like in the COVID environment, to recruit as hard as I really did. Um, and I guess ultimately get something uh, even more rewarding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you you got into Truist. Was that through like a sophomore summer internship or like one of their diversity programs, basically? Yeah. I did a sophomore diversity program um, March or April of my sophomore year. Okay, got it. Okay, understood. So then you found out probably what, around August that you weren't going to get a return offer is my guess, August of 2020, right? And then what did you do at that point once you found out you didn't get an offer? I reached out to as many people as I could. I knew the networking game, um, except my entire network existed at Truist only. So I started off with my Truist folks, tried to get um, them to vouch for me to their friends, but ended up, I guess, not really coming up with many opportunities there. Um, and so then reached out to people on LinkedIn, started paying for LinkedIn premium, um, except I didn't really have any real follow through. I, I reached out to a bunch of people. I said, here's my resume. Um, and I said, please let me know if you know any opportunities. But there was no follow through to which point they felt, I guess, like obligated or uh, I don't know, even motivated to help me out further than that conversation itself. 
So I was having probably 15, 20 calls a week that weren't going anywhere. It was, I guess, just inefficient looking back. Yeah. Okay. Um, So basically, long story short, you knew that, okay, this is going to, now that I have to recruit for full-time and there's, there just weren't that many opportunities available for full-time. Like typically most of the offers have been taken by summer interns. And so in order to find the few opportunities that are left, you knew you had to network. And so it sounds like you put in a lot of effort into networking, but maybe you just didn't know how to network in an effective manner is what you're saying. You weren't weren't getting a lot of yield for uh, the effort that you were putting in essentially. Got it. and so like, how long did that go on for them? Like you, you, you tried this networking thing starting in August. Like how long did that go on for before you were like, man, this is not working. Something's got to change. Right. Um, quite a few months now that I think about it longer than maybe it should have. But I think to me, I was always waiting for, because of the COVID impacts, maybe more spots will open. Like I just need to wait for them to open. They'll, they'll happen. I just need to keep recruiting, play my luck. And I think that was my mistake is, um, thinking that, I mean, part of it is luck, but you still need to do your part. And I think to me, I was just trying to wait until things would open up and I guess play my luck then. Whereas, um, I guess we'll talk about this too, but Wall Street Mastermind told, taught me to put the work forth ahead of time and then play the luck. Hmm, got it. Okay. That's a very interesting thing that you just said there. Cause yeah, I, I agree. There's absolutely always luck involved in everything we do in life right but i'm also a big believer that um, we have to go out and create our own luck right so to speak like you have to put yourself uh in the right position to take advantage of whatever luck may come your way when the opportunity presents itself right so let, let's just segue into kind of like what you were saying then so you mentioned like hey we taught you how to kind of do that um, in a more effective way like what exactly does that mean? Because I think you, sh- by the time you came to us, I want to say it was like mid-December, right? So it was like between your first and second semester of senior year, right? So now yeah. we're, really, we're really on the clock. We're, we're, we got one <laughs> semester left before graduating to, to find something. So I know you were pretty nervous, right? I know like when we spoke prior, you coming in the program, a lot of the concern was around like, well, do I even still have a chance at some of these top banks? And so talk to us about like kind of like what, what happened then? Like, first of all, like what made you decide to come in, I guess, let's start there. And then like what happened after you came into Wall Street Nationalized? Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of making the decision to be a part of the program, that was more because like you said, I mean, that was a stressful time. I was entering my last um, semester of college um, after doing two summers of an internship without a full-time offer. Um, that was just really stressful for me, but that was essentially me hitting the gas pedal and saying, no, like, I know I'm a great candidate. I have had two summers of experience. I've been on three investment banking teams, um, in two summers. And even in the virtual environment, I saw more than most people did at their banks. Like, I know I'm a great candidate, but I have no idea how to, I guess, market myself more than I already have been, which obviously wasn't working. Um, and, and even to find the opportunities, I felt like I was a, a little too late. I would click on the LinkedIn, um, I guess, like applications and it would be like application closed um, and it would be introduced this morning, right? Like just things like that, the small things that I could have played my luck better with, right? Like made my life essentially. Um, right. 
I guess I was just getting frustrated at that point and I just needed someone to give me the push. I needed a team that was vouching for me and um, just someone to be able to give me that advice. And so that really pushed me to do the program. Got it. Okay. So then you came into the program. You're, right, right. You came into the program and then like, I mean, what actually changed for you? Because to your point, and I think this is a question that a lot of people have a lot of times. It's like, hey, I've had a good amount of success up to this point, right? Whether it's, I mean, it comes in different forms. For you, it's like, you know, I've already done two summers of investment making internships, right? And so I feel like I know what I'm doing, right? Or I should know what I'm doing. Or for other people, it's like, hey, I've always been a great student my entire life and I got into a great college. And so I feel like, you know, and I've always, um, I've interviewed for different internships before or clubs on campus and I've always passed those interviews. So I feel like I know what I'm doing. But like, did anything actually change after you came in Wall Street Mastermind? Like, how, I mean, how, how much more is there really for you to, you know, change in terms of your approach? Or right? how much more is there for you to really learn when it comes to how to navigate through this recruiting process? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are probably three main parts that changed. I mean, because I did have the previous previous experience, I came in kind of later in the game. Like, like everyone in their experiences, some modules are more helpful than others, just depending on your experience, right? So I, I would say the first thing that changed was my resume presentation. Um, I said a bunch of things that I did um, or that I was present for. And somehow I guess the phrasing looked like I was just there for it and I was watching it pass by. Like these deals were, I was just watching, you know? And I think yeah. after we did that big overhaul of my resume, it was like, no, I did this. I was part of this. I started this. And I think it made a big difference in everyone that it, it came across after that. That was one thing, um, even just the, the cleaner look overall, the fact that I was able to fit even more accomplishments on it than before, just because of the, the overhaul that you guys did too. Um, I think that helped a lot. And I was able to brag a little more, um, ACT and whatever, like just things people that maybe should be on there, right? Um, and so that was the first thing was application materials changed, um, including cover letter as well. And then the second point would probably be technicals. So I never really had to recruit very hard for IB, right? Like I came into a diversity program. I did no basic financial concepts. And then after that, everything I learned was either in class or um, on, like from my experience, right? Which on every team, you have different exposure to like, different types of models. And um, I was doing like, uh, like borrowing based models and things like that. And maybe I wasn't as exposed to LBO models. And I wasn't able to articulate things that I didn't have experience with. So to have those consolidated technology or technical models was really helpful to me just because I didn't, I didn't have that specific experience. And so I hadn't built out those responses yet. Mm -hmm. um, I think those were two of the main things. And then the last thing would be from the networking module follow through to be able to make relationships with people and reach out. Obviously it was different for me because as soon as I started the program, I guess it's been three months now. Right. So in three months, a relationship with someone is not as easy because they know you want something from right. um, But just to be able to have that follow through. So like even if there's a little bit less quantity, but like more quality, it it was so much more effective to have someone like maybe push me through. Hmm. Got it. OK, so you found that even though you had a much shorter time frame to work with to build these relationships with uh, your contacts, um, I guess you, you found them to be more responsive. And so you're getting more responses. 
I think a lot of that, honestly, I mean, part of it is how you reach out and what you say when you reach out. But the other part is, like you said, how you present yourself on paper and your resume and your accomplishments and what did you do on all these other investment banking projects that you've been on the previous two summers and just presenting that in the right way in a way that uh, matches what the bankers are looking for. Great. That allows you to get more responses from people. And then the second part that you keep talking about is the follow through. Um, and maybe, maybe you can elaborate on the follow through aspect a little bit more, but like, just what, what do you mean in terms of the follow through? Does just mean like when you actually have conversations with these people that actually results in what you wanted to result in, which I guess ultimately is a referral. Is that what you mean by follow through or what are you referring to there? Anything more than one email. Um, any, some, some type of answer that I wanted. So like, I guess with BMO, I, I was going for some of their middle market banking positions. And so I would reach out to someone, had an entire conversation, emailed them with my resume. And then if they didn't reply or they said, sure, I'll look into this. A week later, I'd be like, hey, did you find anything? Um, obviously in a less direct way, but, um, just trying to be conversational, but like, obviously on a shorter timeline, keeping up with that because they knew I was on a shorter timeline too. So it wasn't, I guess it wasn't as bad as I expected, um, or as transactional because people want to help, but it's you keeping someone accountable for maybe what they want to help with, but they don't know how. So I guess with BMO specifically, I was able to understand, okay, so they're not recruiting for this specific position or this specific position has referrals. So you should apply for this other position. You'd have more of an opportunity for that. Um, just things like that, like can make the biggest difference in any opportunity that I was given. And so that's kind of what I mean by follow through is getting any answer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great point, which is, it sounds like it's just having more confidence in the way you're networking with these bankers and in the way you're approaching them and in the way you're following up with them. A lot of times when you network with these bankers, they're super busy. They don't respond or they say that they're going to do something. They don't do it. Or you think they're ghosting you and you have no idea what they're really thinking on the other end. And then so just learning how to kind of like navigate through that, you're almost kind of like doing this whole song and dance with them without without being rude but yeah. also being persistent at the same time yeah one more thing actually that I wanted to add in terms of things I learned um the, in the behavioral module or not behavioral networking module there was um I guess like I watched we watched someone's networking call and you critiqued it as they went um I think it was that was kind of a light bulb moment for me when you said like you want to be the one to I guess like structure that conversation. You said something about like, you're the one creating that conversation. You shouldn't be waiting for them to bring up the next topic or yeah. like you should be the one to be able to lead that. Like that's impressive. Um, in my Jeffrey's interview, uh, the, the banker that actually called to give me my offer, um, he was my last interviewer. We were waiting for the second interviewer to join and he was just making conversation and saying, you know, where are you from? Um, or something like that. What, what got you interested in finance? And I said, Hey, you know what, is it all right? If I just do like my entire background, um, and my whole pitch and, and joked with him a little bit. And he was like, actually, yeah, this is your time. Go for it. And he said that was really impressive because I took charge of that interview mm -hmm. essentially. And yeah, yep. it's funny, but, <laughs> um, it's definitely, I guess, coming off as a little bit more, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you are more confident, you are more, you are more assertive. And uh, a lot of times, honestly, 
I mean, especially in an industry like banking, that's what these people are looking for, right? They want someone who's going to come in, be confident in themselves, can carry a conversation, um, and can be assertive. You know, mo- most people in banking are pretty type A, right? They're very, um, like, ambitious go-getters and, like, they know what they want, right? And so if you go into these conversations and you don't know how to lead the conversation, I mean, of course, you have to kind of uh, – you have to kind of read the room, right? Sometimes you run into a banker and they want to lead the conversation, in which case you should let them lead him. Otherwise, you know, I think of it as like a, like a dance partner. You're dancing with them. You don't want to like, you can't both lead at the same time. You're going to step on each other's toes. But like, if the other person is looking for you to lead, like you got to step up and lead. Yeah. Right? I think part of that reason too was I knew that if I had continued in casual conversation, I could be like, you know, I started a company in eighth grade. That wouldn't come up in conversation that would come up in my structured introduction. So that was kind of my thought process behind that, but you're right, like it had to, we joked a little bit before that, so it had to have been like casual enough for me to offer that up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, um, as you just said, you got an offer from Jeffries, right? Um, you And you got that, well, early March, I guess, is when that happened, right? Um, so that's, like, how did you come across the opportunity in March of senior year? Because that's super late, right? Usually, usually by that time, if someone is still recruiting for banking um, as a senior, they're usually looking at the much smaller, maybe regional banks, right? So yeah. how, did you, how did you come across this opportunity? Yeah, I think I read, a, I ended up reading a lot of journals that mentioned that either there'd be two things happening near March. One would be that banks have overcut, right? So that they overcut their interns, like we talked about for Jeffries, um, or like Bank of America, they never even opened up to full-time hires. They just hired their interns um, and nobody's really sure if they're old enough, but they might in March. Um, so they essentially skipped a year of recruiting for full-time. And so I kind of had that anticipation and understanding like what the market was demanding. I saw some of the middle markets open up like BMO, um, Truist even opened up for some, and I saw that start. So I expected it from the bigger ones as well um, and started putting those alerts in just like, I guess, like from the networking module as well um, and all of that. I have like seven alerts still on that I need to go turn off now. (laughs) And I think I found out uh, probably, it's funny, the last day of the Jeffries application that it was open, I found out maybe three hours before that application closed. Um, I saw the timer go down. So I got, I got lucky in that sense. Um, but it was definitely the alerts that helped me find out. And in terms of it being March, I think that's very situational to the COVID year. I don't think that'll be a normal thing going forward. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, but the, the, hopefully there's no more COVID going forward every yeah. single year. <laughs> Let's hope for that. Um, but I think the, what, what people can take away from what you just said though, is that, um, even when, like, I, honestly speaking, like, I think a lot of students, there were a lot of students this year who were in your position, right? Like they went through the junior summer internship recruiting process, and then, uh, they didn't get a return offer through no fault of their own, but just, you know, COVID happened, which is outside of anyone's control. Right. But then at that point, you have one or two choices. A lot of people, I think most people, I would venture to say, will probably just throw in the towel and say, you know what, it's not meant to be, 
right? Like, it's not my fault, but it's just not meant to be. Maybe right. I'll go do something else that's a little bit easier, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but but that's not how you were wired, right? Obviously, you chose the other route. And you're like, you know what? This is, it's almost like, I don't know. I might be, I'm, I'm going to try to like read your mind a little bit. It was probably what you were thinking back then. It's like, I've come too far to quit. Yeah. Right? Like, I've been a good student. I've done two summers of internships at these at a great bank. Like yeah. I was this close to breaking the industry. Am I really going to stop now? Yeah, I think you're right. Like to me, it was just, I mean, I did the 85, 90 hours as a uh, 19 year old. And to me, that was too far to, to come and then not keep going. You're right. Um, and then also it was, it was just that I felt that I was this great candle candidate, but there was disconnect between what I was able to convey, what positions were actually open and then like how I could actually get there, right? Like there was the disconnect, which I think was the frustrating part that I needed to overcome. Which also, that, and that brings me to, to my second point, which is, so the first decision was like, do I give up? Do I keep going, right? And obviously recruiting is not fun. So like sometimes to choose to keep going is not the easy decision, right? Um, but the second thing I think is that uh, and a lot of people aren't able to do this, I can honestly say, but you kind of set aside your ego, right? And you said, like, you knew, you, you knew you were a good candidate, right? And obviously you are when you wouldn't be sitting here today. But um, by the same time, you weren't, because a lot of people are like, I'm already a great candidate. I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep doing it the way that I've been doing it, even if it's not working, right? Yeah. And so you tried it for two months or three months, and you knew like, hey, clearly something's not working. Um, I got to make a change. And then you weren't like too proud to go out and get the help that you needed, right? And then obviously, look, I don't know what people, I think we have this, um, somehow like there's this mentality that I see a lot where it's almost like this macho mentality of, hey, I'm too cool to, to ask for help. But I mean, you can attest to this, even if, even if you got the help, like, was the process easy? No, right? Like, you, you still had to do all the work, right? Yeah. Like, if you got the help and you didn't do the work, like, would you have gotten this Jeffrey's offer? No, right? And so it's like, I don't ever try to, um, you know, take credit for, I mean, I take a little bit of credit, but like, we don't take, we don't ever try to take the majority of the credit for when our clients get the offer because at the end of the day, um, if you don't have what it takes or if you don't show up, you don't put in the work, you're not resourceful. Like all the examples that you gave in terms of what you did and how you went out and found these opportunities, like going back to what we talked about, about creating your own luck, like you did those things. Right. And whereas a lot of other people in your position didn't. And so now you're sitting here with the Jeffrey's offer and uh, most of the people are, I don't know where they are, but not in banking. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. No, I appreciate that. I think, I think, the, the ideology for me was also just that like, yeah, I can sit here and keep doing what I'm doing, or I can know that what I'm doing is uh, the tried and proven way. And if I still don't get it that way, then that's fine. I'll, I'll keep trying, I guess, like a different way, or I'll do a different job for a year. But at least that way, I will have known that I, I did my best, right? Like I'm not sitting here doing right. whatever right. I guess, right? <laughs> you know? Right. If you've already, if you know, you've already tried everything you could have possibly tried 
you already found the best, the most proven way, and you tried that, and it still doesn't work out because nothing's ever guaranteed, right? But yeah. if it still doesn't work out, then at least we know that there's nothing more you could have done and there's no regrets. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so obviously, look, I think you've been through a ton uh, from like a recruiting standpoint. And so you've probably learned a lot. Like what you know today is probably way more than what you knew when you first started this process. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that, right? And so if you were to give one piece of advice to uh, someone who's maybe listening to this right now, maybe they're in the same situation that you were in when you first started this process. Um, not necessarily like, you know, the sophomore summer internship process, but like maybe there's a senior right now, you know, they're still, they're still looking for a way to break into banking. They feel like they're running out of time a little bit. Like what is something that you wish um, someone would have told you at the start of this process that maybe would have saved you a lot of, um, I guess a lot of pain or a lot of a lot of wasted uh, time and effort. What would have made this a lot easier on you? Like, what's, what's one piece of advice that you can give to other people? Yeah, um, I I think it goes back to the first point. I would say follow through and be organized with the follow through. I I was doing my fifteen calls a week without even having an Excel spreadsheet of people. I was keeping track of you know maybe who was replying to me and had those like those relationship people, but I should have kept track of every single phone call and every single phone call should have added value to my, my recruiting process instead of some going to waste. Somehow, some way they should have helped me. Um, and I think that's what I would say is that's how it would have saved me time. Had they answered any question I had about um, like, even what's the worst part of your job? What, how do you, I don't know, answer all your questions you have about investment making um, if you don't have the experience. But every single call needs to add value or you're wasting your own time and, yeah. and then be organized with the follow through as well. Yeah. I would that would probably be the best piece. So have a more systematic approach to your networking process. Whereas a lot of people out there probably are just kind of doing like a, what I call like a spray and pray and they don't, yeah. really, <laughs> they're, just, they're just spamming a lot of people and hoping something will come of it. And usually that doesn't really work very well. Yeah. And then also, I guess, to add on another, I guess, more motivational piece is just, um, I, I think also at the beginning of the program, I thought I have less of a chance because I don't have connections in the banking industry. Both my parents are in IT. I don't know anyone in banking um, like that. And uh, I mean, I, I didn't think I had a chance at any of the big ones because of that, especially this late in the game, especially as a full-time hire. Um and I was able to do it because of the prep that I was given by this program for sure. And then also just the follow through that I did have and being able to vouch for myself and have that confidence in myself, because no matter if you know a person as a family friend or not, like when they see a good candidate and you can prove yourself to that, they'll vouch for you. And I think that's important. Yeah. So the more important thing is not how well connected you are from the get go. It's more, um, how good of a candidate can you make yourself to really win people over, basically? Yeah, yeah, great. I assume I agree one hundred percent because even if someone is, you know, not um, even if someone doesn't already know you in the first place and they're a total stranger, uh, people generally are willing to help um, as long as you are actually qualified. That's the key. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, as long as you're qualifying, as long as they actually like you as a person. So those are the two things. Me. Yeah, those are the two things you're trying to accomplish with networking is um, come across as a good candidate that's going to yeah. be um, a net positive to their firm if, the, if you were hired. And then also be someone that um, they will feel good helping because they actually like who you are as a person, right? Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into that. We're not going to turn into, turn this into like a networking seminar here, but um, but that that's the that's the art of networking in terms of like what you what you're trying to do, right? Or what you have to get good at. So um, I think that's great advice. Um, so look, guys, for those of you that are listening, you know, if you are maybe in a similar situation, maybe you are pretty late in the process. Who knows? Maybe you're. I don't know, uh, second semester junior, you know, and a lot of the summer internships are already closed, or maybe you're a senior and you didn't do a summer internship or you did a summer internship and you didn't get a return offer or whatever it may be, but it's late in the game and you are still recruiting for banking, but you're not quite ready to give up yet because, you know, like we say here, like maybe you feel like you've come too far uh, to stop now, um, but you know that there's something that's just not quite working the way that you want it to right, and you can't quite figure it out yourself, then uh, I want to invite you to just feel free to reach out to our team, right, reach out, talk to us, um, we'll hop on a, a free strategy session with you, and just learn more about your situation, what your goals are, uh, what it is that you need help with, and then depending on what you tell us, like, we may or may not be able to help you, I'm not going to sit here and say, we can help every single senior get into investment banking, like, that's just not the case, right, but we might be able to help you. And if we are, then absolutely, we'll tell you like what that might look like. But even if we don't think we can help you, um, we'll still just at a minimum do our best to give you advice on what we think we would do if we were you, right? And so, uh, you know, you got nothing to lose and uh, you probably at a minimum walk away with some valuable information or advice. And uh, we just look forward to speaking to you and, and helping you out in any, uh, any way, shape or form that we can, okay? So, um, with that said, Smarlene, I want to thank you again for taking the time to uh, come on here and talk to us today. Um, congratulations on the offer. It's obviously uh, an amazing accomplishment. And I think um, so it's, a, it's a great, it's a, it's a well-deserved outcome for someone like you who's obviously worked so hard throughout your entire four years of college to get to where you are today. And I think... Um, this is a good way to cap off uh, your, your senior year. And so enjoy the rest of uh, the last couple of months that you have in school before you start. And uh, obviously I'm sure we'll stay in touch and uh, don't be a stranger. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was fun working with you. So guys, that'll be it for today. Again, if you guys want to book a call with us, you can go to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, the streets abbreviated to ST and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys. All right. We'll be back again with uh, more of these interviews for you guys in the near future. Okay. Talk soon. Bye.